0: Welcome to Happy Hour with the Home Collective. We are your hosts, Bill Ball, Dina Suriano, and Christy McFeely. Today, we're going to be talking about the top eight homebuyer questions according to realtor.com in segment two. But first, it's Friday. It's five o'clock. What are you ladies drinking today?
1: Uh, Well, it shouldn't be surprising to you that I am still working on uh, Joe's cello (laughs) here. I've got um, a nice combination of chocolate and banana. Billy just poured this for me and it's the, way too much for this glass. You're supposed to kind of sip this cello, but I have um, a big giant glass of it. And it's uh, so we'll see how I am by the end of this show. But <laughs> it's a mixture of the chocolate and the banana and it is delicious. Wow. So shout out to Joe Saxon Sellers again.
0: <laughs> you're, you're having that just like a straight cocktail in a, in a big rocks yes. glass. There's wow. one ice cube. You're going to be so jacked up.
1: I know. Look at
2: how much there is That's here. That's ridiculous amount.
0: Crazy. That's like for four people. Do you mean you're going to have to close the show, Dean?
2: I know. We are. I and mean, we are. We're going to have to. We have a good 15 minutes with Kristen. so <laughs> That's a good combo, though. If anyone does get Joe's um,
1: cellos, the banana and the chocolate pour half and half in. And it's delicious. The
2: Saxton Sellers lemon cello. Yep. <laughs> I'm going to crack my. I'm drinking a beer. I always. I feel like I'm always drinking a beer on the show, but you guys hear that? Oh, yeah. yes. It's satisfying. I have <laughs> – there's a brewery in South Jersey. They're based out of Oakland, um, Tonewood Brewing. This is an IPA called Fuego. It is 6.2%. It is so yummy, you guys. There are a lot of, like, bars in Philly – that have tone wood. Usually, it's the Fuego or it's their pale ale called Freshies, and they just they go down like water, and it's dangerous. I think but I've ever had it. It's really good. It's easy. It's an easy uh, drink to throw back. And I have. I love a koozie.
1: Oh, is, I love that. This is
2: uh, a Pink Bike Ralph koozie, and it just says local sports team. Um, and it's really hard <laughs> to be a Philly fan right now, but that's why I'm I'm just saying local sport. It, I like it. So keep it, it and vague. it's black and white, so it's not yeah. even anybody's color. that's <laughs> <No. laughs> good.
1: That's good. Let me ask you a question, Dean. Let me ask you a question about your IPAs because you know I'm an IPA fan. Mm-hmm. Do you like West Coast or East Coast IPAs? Do you like them hazy or do you like them clear? You know, or does it not matter?
2: It doesn't necessarily matter, but I do like an East Coast. I prefer an East Coast. I really like um, uh, even like a Northeast. I like a Vermont Mm -hmm. IPA. I like a Philly, a New York. Yeah. I mean, I love a Cali beer, but I I like to support the East Coast as much as possible.
1: I do too, but I have to say I like a West Coast. I I like the clear. This whole trend – that every bar has right now where every ipa is like super hazy and looks like a milkshake i can't
2: get down I don't, with it i, I feel I the can't. same way i don't want to know and i'm an ipa like.
1: person i love ipa
2: mm-hmm. yeah i don't it's like really,
1: unfiltered yeah i had a stomach ache I'm not into it yeah i I'm not into it it's the trend right now though yeah but normally i'm always supporting my east coast
0: <laughs> did you just throw up gang signs I think you I did, have, yeah. I Maybe that's a hang off.
2: loose. I think it's a hang loose. I think I made something up. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, God. I keep the IPA in a can because I don't want to know if it's hazy.
0: You ladies are really into like how your beverage looks. I've noticed that. Over past shows, you're like, ooh, that's a cool pal. I've never looked at a drink and thought, that looks cool. Like, I don't care what it looks really? like. Really? Yeah.
1: Yeah, but the thing about the IPA is it it's it's unfiltered when it's hazy. So it's like, for me, it, I like if I have a couple of them, I, I start getting a stomach ache because it's
2: like an unfiltered beer. It's like a kombucha. Yeah. Yeah, yeah right. Like,
0: I have no idea what that is.
2: Of course you don't know what kombucha is, Bill. Of course you don't. <laughs> you
0: mentioned that in the last show, too. I was like, what the hell's kombucha?
2: I oh think Dini's <laughs> <Dina's, I> <laughs> making shit up. Yeah, it... Yeah. I, how long do we have on this episode? It's going to take
0: a anyway, while. Anyway, Bill, right. well, what are you what are you doing yeah, over there? I'm drinking Mad Elf, and I'm going to tell you why. I still have some left from the holidays because I bought a case, and this will kind of bring obsessed. us into why I still have this beer. And it's a good it's a oh, good God. topic. It's a good topic. Yeah. So, and and then we can kind of like fess up on what's what's taken so long between our records because we should address <laughs> that. It's been a month. Yeah. We should I got we arrested. should address it. That's fine. So Dina and I we tried to record. Kristen was swamped. This is like the week of Christmas. We tried to record. I couldn't get the edit done. We couldn't get it out. Then I got sick. I got the COVID's uh nineteen, twenty, and twenty one, I think. And <laughs> the then, vintage. <laughs> the vintage. And uh Dina, can I say this or did you want to say yeah. it? Does matter?
2: I got the cocoa.
0: She got. The I heard somebody <laughs> say that. So, and we weren't hanging out. It's not like we were hanging out. Just you know, I think you know. I think a lot of people. I'm had not it sure I believe holiday.
2: that, but especially
0: we <laughs> were <laughs> having secret meetings without. Christy. We
2: went to McDonald's yeah. for a cup of coffee, and <laughs> yeah. lo and behold, secret meetings without yeah. me. I got gotcha. no. <laughs> I
0: <gotcha>. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so that's what happened. So I was sick. I was. I was sick like two weeks in the beginning of December with a sore throat then towards the end of december i had covid and so there was i feel like i haven't really had any alcohol in like a month just cuz i just wasn't in the mood i might have been sipping like whiskey because my throat was hurting or something like that but that's why i still have this uh man off. i think i got like four or five left so there's are still limping fun treat. still limping around the house
2: yeah <laughs> so did you guys lose your sense of smell and taste i only lost a little bit of sanity to be honest <laughs> Um, <laughs> a lot of people in my family got it cause we all love each other and couldn't not hang out on Christmas Eve. And so, um, I wasn't showing symptoms right away. Um, and then I was just a little tired and my lower back hurt, you guys, which after hmm. like reading a ton online about it, that was like a pretty common symptom, but didn't lose taste or smell or anything like that. And, um, just kind of laid low for a couple weeks and you you know when you do that everything kind of goes on hold so like a lot of the things I needed to get done got like pushed out I knew we were going to record last week and you know I had to do a bunch of HGTV type of stuff at one of my rental properties we're back in action though Bill here we are <laughs>
0: <laughs> I didn't lose I did lose my senses, smell and taste a little bit. But I chalked that up to just being congested. Like I was so congested. Mm-hmm. So I think when you're when you're sick or like if you have the flu, I feel like that happens anyway. And like what I had was I had like body chills and body aches for like two, three days, and then the rest of the time was like fatigue and like a cough. My cough mm-hmm. st- stuck around for like three weeks. It's still like lingering.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But that's it. I mean, I just didn't feel like really drinking. I'll tell you, I didn't really feel like doing anything. That's the other thing, because I felt tired a lot. And that was, you, you, you know, just from doing nothing. You know, like, I had my son. We had our son, too, because daycare was closed over the holiday. And then we had COVID, so we had to stay home another week and all this stuff. So I was always exhausted. But you don't feel like doing anything. And I feel like really, like, working-wise, I was just getting back to people. But, you know, wasn't really being that productive. And then... I didn't even feel like reading. I was watching a lot of like, just like killing time, like watching just bad videos on YouTube, you know? Oh, really? Which, by, You're the, way, it? I, which, by <laughs> yeah. the way, I did dis- I did solve a, a caper that's been going around for years and years and years from YouTube videos that uh, it's pretty earth-shattering news. I don't know if you ladies know this, but Bigfoot is real.
1: Oh, God. <laughs> oh, for crying out loud. Yeah. Breaking
2: news. Breaking news. Bill Ball.
0: So I solved that caper. I might be the leading expert in now oh, Bigfoot knowledge in case really? anybody wants to interview me around the country. I think i watched about seven hundred Bigfoot videos. <laughs> oh
2: <Kirsten's up. laughs> my God.
0: So let I, Billy know, Kristen. He's in the poconos. He might run into a squash. sasquatch Well, you know
2: what's
1: actually funny? There's um There's a lake, there's a person who has a lake kind of near us that we always drive past to go home. And they have a, you know, the lake you can see from the road and they have a um, Loch Ness monster in it. It's like a, it's like a wood cutout of a Loch Ness monster and it's called Lake Fred. And when you drive by and like the first time we drove by, I just, you know, glanced over and I was like, what? And I just did a double take, like there's this huge like cut out of a Loch Ness monster coming out of their lake it's pretty cool but now it's it's always there and it's like a landmark I want to see it but yeah so uh but you know what's funny Billy is so into YouTube too that's something that's so weird like if I'm if we're gonna like watch a movie or something and I'm like downstairs finishing work and I'm like all right just give me like a half an hour he's upstairs on the TV watching just YouTube dumb shit like I, I would never even consider being on the TV and putting YouTube on. It wouldn't even cross my mind to do that.
0: I do it all the time.
2: Thing. I don't know. So do I have a That's concession. what he does.
1: Oh, do you, Dean? You do yeah. too? <laughs> oh, All right, well.
0: I can't invest. I don't have the, time, the energy or the time to invest in a whole show anymore. I get sports clips on YouTube, any kind of you know sometimes i just want to see like what's in what like what's in my feed and i'll just watch a couple of dumb videos and like and that's it like it's like two minutes three minutes and yeah, i'm on to the next does. thing and then
1: yeah
0: i'm done that's i'm done funny. for the night
1: that's really funny
0: sheena wants me to start watching that yellow jackets
2: Ooh. program
0: which I, I told her i can't i don't know if i can do it but I'm i'm gonna try to
2: i've only it. seen the first episode that's
0: good she just finished the first season so she's like all fired up. She wants to rewatch Damn, it. Damn, then you know it's she's good. Like, Why don't you watch it? So but we're watching nothing right now. So I was thinking, all right. Why are you watching like nothing? Show we could because show. you've
2: been busy with YouTube. Together. Oh, together. Got it. Oh, you literally yeah. meant we are watching nothing. Got it, got it, got it. We right, right, right. We watched The Crown. When we were Oh, um, that's good. That was another that's one good. she
0: brought up, but I was like, eh. It's been so
2: long though. It's There's long. so many seasons.
1: Every episode I is love a movie. Olivia I movie. Coleman. I love Olivia Coleman. She's I really just, good. But she's so not on good. it. Until, she's so good in everything. So you haven't gotten to her yet.
2: I mean, I got we got to her. We just stopped season four. We had we took we took a break because it's like right peak Diana and Charles stuff.
1: Yeah. And I didn't get that far with it, but it's that's a that's a really good one. Um, really good. Do you are you like fascinated at all by the Royals? Like, is that something?
2: Yes, now I am. I wasn't before. Okay, so you
1: have to watch you have to watch this like spoof show called The Windsors. I okay. have to look it up. I forget what it's on. I don't know if it's Netflix or Hulu or one of those, but it's it's like, um you know, it's it's like a spoof. It's like a sitcom kind of love more. it. More or less, but it's about the royal family, and it's so funny. You have to get it. You have to watch a few episodes before you're kind of into it, but it's yeah. it's really funny. It's I'll really check it funny. out. Well, Billy and I just finished the first season. And I swore, I texted Dina. I was like, oh, that show you recommended was amazing. And she's like, never heard of it.
0: <laughs> it wasn't me <laughs> yeah. that
1: recommended it. And I yeah. could have sworn it was you. The, um, the Righteous Gemstones. It's on HBO. We just watched the first season and they just released the second season. And we're one episode in on the second season. And it is so quirky and funny and weird and good. So if anybody has HBO, I definitely recommend it. It's about a family of televangelists. Like Christian televangelist, but it's like <laughs> it sounds weird.
0: Oh, uh, we were talking about this, right? This is Danny Danny McBride yeah, yeah. from Eastbound and Down. Like he that's a funny dude. Yeah, he's
1: yeah. So he funny. I think wrote it or had something to do with it, maybe directed it or something. But yeah, he's like one of the main characters in it. And John Goodman plays his father. John Goodman's great. He's so um, good. He's good in everything. It's so good. It's so bizarre, but it's it's just so good. I can't even I can't give it away. But if you guys have HBO, gotta watch it.
0: All right, ladies. I came across this article on realtor.com and it was their their top eight home buyer questions. I just thought it was kind of interesting to see. I guess, to capture what questions are asked the most. Why don't we try to answer these one at a time? That, here we does go. that sound cool?
1: Here we go, testing us. So these are questions that are asked by buyers, right? These are actual yeah. questions. Yeah,
2: okay.
0: Question number one is to Dina. What home can I afford?
2: Wow, we're really taking it from the top. Okay, <laughs> well... <laughs> I this mean, could go on it, and on. Forever. You know what's funny about that? That's usually not the first question a buyer asks, but I appreciate this question because it kind of um, shows me that you're you're pretty serious, mystery buyer. I feel like I'm on that dating show <laughs> where they're behind the curtain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that show. The I dating game. I, they're so fun. Yeah. yeah, the dating game. So I would say you you know if you don't know what you can afford you should speak with a mortgage lender and they're going to vet, they're going to ask you for a ton of information, which you'll provide, and they're going to give you your budget. And then you're going to know what you can afford. And then we can start doing more fun stuff, like looking at houses in your budget and in your price range.
1: I think another, just a quick little, little um, bit, you know, to add to that is, you know, a lot of times people can, Afford, and I'm doing air quotes here, you can afford more than you're actually wanting to pay and wanting to be, and what you're comfortable with per month. Um, So that's another thing, you know, really to talk to a lender, a local lender who understands our transfer tax and all the weird nuances in Philadelphia that we have, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and get a real sense of what the closing cost numbers will be and also what your monthly payment will be because. You could uh, you could technically afford, based on your debt to income ratio, you know, a million dollars, but that's definitely not going to be something that you might be comfortable carrying every month. So, um, so I think there's a real difference between what you can afford and actually what you are comfortable doing. And I always err on the side of being conservative.
0: All right, question number two: Can I buy a home and sell my current one at the same time?
1: Oh, all right. So yes, you can. It's not easy, often times. Um, I mean, I think this this is something I did so many of these in 2020, it was not even funny. Like, I think the majority of my sales were uh, someone selling and buying at the same time um, because it was COVID and everybody kind of wanted to move. Um and a lot of them moved to, at the time, a lot of them moved to the burbs. Now we're starting to see people coming back to the city, but a lot of, at that time, everybody was kind of looking for something bigger with a yard and all of that. So I think it, you can definitely do it, but you have to have a really, really solid game plan with your real estate agent. You have to come up with, because some, some homes will sell faster than you can find something, depending on your market. Some homes will take longer to, Buy something than it will to sell. Like it just, it really just kind of depends on the situation. But yeah, you absolutely can. Um, you know, if you're, a, then there's all these, you know, different scenarios. You could, is sometimes you need to sell your home in order to buy something because you need your proceeds. That's a little trickier in this market that's a seller's market because not a lot of sellers want to accept a home sale contingency. So you have to kind of plan for that. Um, in that instance, you may want to talk to a lender about getting a bridge loan. That's another option if you can swing it. Um, Some people are able to sell their home first and then maybe move into a rental or move in with family or something like that and then buy. That's the ideal scenario because you move out, we stage the home, we clean it, we stage it, we paint it, we do whatever we need to do to get it ready, and then we allow showings to happen without needing your confirmation or anything like that um we get people through the door hopefully it sells very quickly and then you have the cash on hand to go and move but yeah there's all different scenarios it's definitely possible um it can be tricky though and you really need to have a solid a solid plan in place to do it i like to call that the pregame the pregame
2: totally you know what i mean you're going to totally. need to pregame mm-hmm. okay real hard yep
1: yep and you better have a pretty good agent who can do that with you yeah <laughs> honestly cuz it can get tricky
0: Okay, number three, how many homes should I see before making an offer? The answer is three. Oh, <laughs> so, <laughs> that's a weird question, <laughs> that's a weird question. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know, first time buyer, maybe they're just not sure, like, you know, how many they should actually be looking at. Yeah. Um, I would say there's there's really no right answer to this question, to be honest with you. There's no set number, we don't know what that number is. Every scenario is different. Um, depends on a lot of factors. Uh, I would say first start with your criteria. You know, meet with your agent. Tell them the criteria of home you're looking for and the neighborhood you're looking for. And there might be on, there may be only three of those houses. Mm-hmm. So that might be it. Then the other factor is how much time do you have? Is your lease up and you have to buy? You might only see five, ten. That's it or are you casually looking and you don't there is no urgency and then maybe you can check more of your boxes before you you find something I I have sold homes on the same day have you girls sold homes on the same oh, day Oh yeah. Okay. yeah ever I, A couple yeah, times yeah. I've been out and I showed three houses and they picked One, one. and
2: done that's yeah. on the one and done So I'm sure you've yeah done yeah one and done. Mm-hmm. So every
0: every buyer's different it just depends on your your situation I would say like in this market it's it, you know you might it's a weird situation where you know homes are going so fast that you might have to put offers in early on the first couple homes that you see but you also might not get them so you might wind up seeing more because you have to Mm -hmm. you know it's not like there's a ton of inventory right now and you have all this time to look at 25 homes and then pick one you really don't right in this market especially like in the burbs or in new jersey if you go out there that day and you like it, you're probably going to, have to put an offer on it because there's going to be other offers. Yeah. So every scenario is different. There is no right answer. There's there's not no, no, you know thought thoughts on all right. You have to see five before you pick one. No, that's not true. You know, could you look at less than five and pick one? Yes. Could you look at more? Yes. Like I said, I've I've sold homes where I've showed three houses and then it's I've showed, sold homes where I had to show mm-hmm. forty. So. Just depends on your situation, how much time you have, what your criteria is, and what is available as far as inventory, and how long that inventory is sitting.
2: Good answer, Bill. All right, next one. Yeah, good answer. Well done. That's, that's, that's who good
0: are you, Oh God. <laughs> um. Okay. So this is. It. This is. Oh, I can't so some wait. Some of these are just okay. Yeah, it's okay. What do you think the seller will accept as a fair price?
2: Asking price. Next question. Okay. No. <laughs> what a weird. That's another weird question. It's so arbitrary.
0: <laughs> yeah. Next. Well, it's interesting to see how these buyers are thinking and the way they frame their questions. Yeah. You know, yeah. I understand that's a good what point. they're that's a good point. what they're thinking. You know what I mean, but. You know, I guess what they're saying is like, do buyers automatically think, you know, do I have to give list price or can I come in, you know, three to 5% under the list price? We all know that the list price is an arbitrary number anyway. All right, Dina, what do you think about that question?
2: We run the comps, you know, we, we, we're going to look into it first, um, uh, and it really depends on what's currently happening in the market. That's why I jokingly said list price because obviously that's what like they want. <laughs> they want. Um, but it really there's a there's like th- that's a loaded question. It really depends on the yeah. house and what's going on around it. In my opinion, to keep it broad, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, if if I I think so when I'm working with buyers and they're asking like, what do we offer on this property I always like one of the things I actually love about doing this job is I love psychology I've always loved psychology and I love that there's <laughs> such psychology behind real estate selling real estate like for buyers and for sellers and just like mindset and motivation and and how all of these things come into play so when a buyer says to me you know what kind of offer can we make or is this a good, you know, is this a good deal or something like that? I always go back to let's put the seller's hat on. Let's pretend we're the seller. What does the seller want here? Like did they price it low because they want multiple offers? Because there's all different ways you can price things too. Not everybody prices at market value. Some people are aspirational pricers. Some people price at, you know, um, you know, wanting multiple offers. So did they price low because they want multiple offers? Um, will – Will a quick sale be more important to them than maybe price, you know, because they've already moved out and they're carrying this property every month or do they need more time, but they want, you know, like there's all different kinds of things that you, that factor into that. So I think, again, I think it's about working with someone who can kind of put the seller's hat on and walk you through all those different scenarios. I don't think it's a cut and dry answer at all. It's all about the
2: seller's motivation. Yeah. You got to look into it. It's not cut and dry. Nothing's cut and dry and right in front of your face. Like, He's yeah. on
0: market yeah. too, guys. Don't forget oh, about, yeah. you know what I mean? Like if it's day one and you like it a lot, you're probably going to have to go at list or maybe five yeah. grand over or something like that. So if it's day 100, you might have, some, you're going to have some flexibility. Kristen, how do I know if the property is a good deal?
1: All right. So that's like the same question, pretty much. Mm-hmm. That's a similar question. So it, it, it comes down to comps, you know, comps. You have to look at what, what homes have sold for. Appraisers only going to go back six months. So you want to go back six months and you want to see what similar homes have sold for. And, uh, you know, you can kind of come up with evaluation there. Um, also again, it's, it's all about like, The consultation ahead of time. It's like I'm always about future pacing. I'm always about having the hard conversations at the beginning, and then hopefully things go easy after that. So one of the conversations is, how long do you want to stay in this property? Are you looking to sell in two years? Are you looking to sell in ten years? Because that makes a difference on whether or not it's a good deal. You know, it's just it depends on how long you want to hold it. It There's a lot of there's a lot of factors that go into this, but it all comes down to having. A real consultation with your agent and then um, and then doing the research.
0: The next question is how quickly can I close? This is for me. It's so funny because I used to be in tech and every answer starts with it depends. And I feel like this is the same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like the same Yeah. So it depends. If you're ready to close, if you want to close ASAP, if that's the question, then I usually write deals where I, I write up thirty five Ds. To go to close from the day you write the agreement. It all, but it also depends on what the seller needs. If the seller is still in the property, they might need 60 days. So it just depends. Um, typically, I think we all do this. When we write offers, we first ask our clients when they want to close. We usually know that anyway. But if they want to close ASAP and we're looking 30 to 35 days out, if it's a regular or conventional loan, if it's not a cash deal, cash deals you can close sooner. But if it's a traditional, conventional, we usually check with our clients first and then we usually call the agent and say, what does the seller want? What do they need? Do they need, can they close ASAP or do they need 45 days? Do they need 60 days? Like, let's find that out before we write the offer Um, Mm -hmm. and then just try to make it easier for the seller to accept, you know, or we'll just put 35 days and then when we email the agent say something like, we're flexible, we would like to close ASAP, but seller needs another... 30 days, we're, we're, we're flexible. So I guess the short answer is um, the fastest you can close on a conventional is probably like 30 days, but we usually write 35 because there's it could be a holiday or you just might need a couple extra days. But that's typically how long, how fast you can close, the quickest you can close when you're getting a traditional conventional mortgage. Next question, Dina, should I get a home inspection? I'm speaking
2: to a buyer who's going to own and occupy their, they're going to occupy their house, right? So the answer for me is yes and yes, always. Yes and yes, always. And you should attend the home inspection and you should research the home inspection company. You should get a referral, which obviously your agent will refer, happily refer them to you. And I would hope that your agent goes to your inspection too. Pay attention, To the home inspection also like what i've wish i did when i bought this is just a personal example what i wish i did when i bought my first house was um research the home inspector because i actually ended up getting a really bad home inspector the inspection report was complete it was not that like detailed the photos were really tiny this was back in 2016 he was hard to get a hold of after the fact. So, if, like, I, mm-hmm. I have, I like inspectors who, you know, stay in touch with your buyer or stay in touch with, like, me um, in case you have any follow-up questions. And I've had inspectors who actually went back to the house to look at, like, the roof a second time. I, nece- I don't necessarily know if many, most do that, but, like, I like inspectors who kind of, you know, treat it like, you know, like a kindergarten teacher, Almost like very yeah. thorough with i I'm thinking just a first time buyer, very someone who's very thorough and patient, and informative. Like that's you want you want to get the full experience if this is your first house, especially. Um, but yes, uh, always get a home inspection. Go to the inspection. Make sure your agent goes to, and maybe check out like a, a an old inspection report of that. Inspectors, see if you can understand, like if it's covering everything. Maybe you want a PDF, maybe you want like a website, like who, you know, maybe you just want a hard copy, like look into it because it, because that you don't get that money back, also, like that's gone. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah. make sure it's a good investment. It's a handbook to your house, you know? Totally. So, totally. I mean, that's that's the first thing you buy, that's the first thing you're paying for. That's the first that's investment. Such a good point, so, D. yeah, yeah I you're think, right.
1: You're right, it's a big first deal. Thing you
0: buy. All right, last question, Kristen. When can I back out if I change my mind?
1: Well, again, it depends. It depends on how you've structured your offer, but um, typically, traditionally, you—if uh, you're getting a mortgage and you're getting a home inspection and your purchase is contingent upon those things—one would be um, you have your home inspection. After the inspection, you can move forward, terminate, or you know, renegotiate with the seller. So that would be one way out if you're really unhappy with your home inspection. Another way out would be if, you know, something falls through in your mortgage, God forbid you lose your job or something like that, and your purchase is contingent upon the mortgage. Um, you could back out and have your deposit returned to you. Uh, if the home doesn't appraise and you can't come to terms with the seller, um, you could, and that's part of your mortgage, you could back out. Um but if you kind of get through all those contingencies and you still decide that you want to back out two weeks before closing, you forfeit your deposit. Oh, so yeah. you can still change your mind at any time, but you forfeit your deposit at that point. That's, that's called default. So again, it depends on how your, your, your contract structured. Some people waive home inspections, which we talked about pro- probably not doing. Some people waive a mortgage contingency, even if they're getting a mortgage. So you kind of lose that, that little option there to back out. Um, and then you're really all in and you default if you decide to change your mind. Then
2: you're going to wave goodbye to your deposits, basically what
1: right, right, happens. Which is also another thing is why a listing agent and a seller always want to see as large a deposit as possible because they don't want you to do something like that, like change your mind two weeks before closing. Because if you only have, you know, three three grand in the game and you see something better or you change your mind, you can terminate and just lose your three grand, which isn't the end of the world, whereas, you know you know if you had 30,000 on the line that would be a little different. So that's that's again for sometimes buyers say why do i have to leave such a large deposit? What's the difference? Well that's the difference. It's because if you default you lose your deposit.
0: It's rare. I mean I never had a buyer. I've had one buyer in 12 years not lose their deposit. They actually forfeited it because they wanted out at the last minute and they knew. But
2: mm-hmm. if you're
0: following the dates and you're following the, con- the contingency dates in the agreement of sale You're going to, like Kristen was saying, you're going to have those outs. If you terminate while you're within those contingency dates, you get your deposit back. So Mm -hmm. the inspection time frame, you get your deposit back. And if something happens with the mortgage, you lose your job, you get your deposit back. The only time you would forfeit, because that's rare. I just wanted people to know that it's rare to lose your deposit unless you specifically want to lose it. In other words, you get through inspection, you get through mortgage, and at the last second, you just don't want the property anymore and you're okay letting it go. That's really the only time it had. It's just, it's, it's rare if you're following the dates and the agreement to sale. Yeah. Ladies, um, I just wanted to get into a little bit of real estate because this is our first show of 2022 and, uh, <laughs> you know, we got to remind the people that this is actually what we do, not just drink delicious booze. True,
2: true. We got to let True. the people know. Mm-hmm.
0: Anyway, those were the top 8 questions home buyers had according to realtor.com.
2: You guys, so I have a quick PSA. Just like routinely checking your smoke detectors, don't forget to winterize your home, especially because temperatures have dropped recently. So, for I have a personal story. This is why I'm saying this. My backyard hose spigot failed in the middle of the night recently and oh. we woke up to the sound of water running or like what i thought was our toilet idling you know that like idling sound this literally happened to us yesterday this Dina. happened to me in our other house yeah in our old house. this this so yeah. uh, so so winterizing your home is so important, especially in the row homes, because, you know, what what you do could affect your neighbors or what you don't do could affect your neighbors. And we've seen all the news recently with fires and stuff like that. Well, water could be the same thing. So we thought it was because we had trouble with like our bathroom, our kitchen are stacked. Right. So and then the whole every all the water is like in a specific all the water stuff is in a like the same area of my house. So, I was like, okay, it must be nothing. But when I went to take out the trash later on that afternoon, I see the hose, like, water gushing out from the hose head. And I had one of those, you know those, like, winter caps that you get at Home Depot? It's like foam. It's like styrofoam and you, like, tighten it on your – Okay, so I have those on all Mm -hmm. our properties. but, But I forgot to turn the water off to the water from the inside off to the hose. So when temperatures dropped like after the Eagles game it was really cold, what had happened was it expanded and contracted and it must have mm-hmm. kicked it loose and you know loosened it to where the water was on and it was just pouring out. So like for 12 hours our hose Dina. was on. So, Dina The exact same thing just happened to us. This is crazy.
0: So lucky. I think this this is a PSA.
2: Winterize your home, and we can get into other things that you should do. But especially, and this goes back to reference your home inspection report. Okay, check your Mm -hmm. check check your guidebook to your house. I did. I know where my you know the main valve is, which turns off all water to your house, but. I couldn't figure out where the shutoff valve to the hose was. And that's because every house is different. My house is yep. an old row home and the it's it was so it was like a puzzle. So we f- eventually figured it out. We were lucky that the water was outside. It it could have been dicier. So anyway, just just putting that out there. Good tip. Literally
1: lit. The same exact, I just want to, I'll just jump in because yeah. it's crazy Good that tip. the exact same Good thing tip. happened yeah. to us. So, you know, we have our old house in Mount which don't get me started, but we haven't sold it yet. We're still working on clearing it out. Sure. So Billy has been back and forth, back and forth, like moving his, you know, 42 motorcycles out of the basement and into <laughs> our new house. And he was over there yesterday on Lincoln Drive and he hears this water running and he thinks it's. The, coming from the toilet. So he goes all the way up to the third floor thinking the toilet's running. But we, I mean, we haven't lived there in over a year. So mm-hmm. it was like, oh, shit. If this thing's been running this whole time, this really sucks. Money. It wasn't that. Then he goes down and we have this on the second floor. We have three stories. On the second floor, um, there's a bathroom that was gutted because the, it was leaking when we bought the house and we just kind of we gutted the bathroom we took everything out and didn't do anything well it's leaking from there and it was just gushing into the yard just like pouring into the yard and it had been doing that for hours and so of course you turn the water off and everything but it was the same thing a pipe had a pipe froze and broke and it was out in the like in the yard area so it was just like pouring into the yard. I mean, pouring into the yard for however many hours. I don't know. It was. A, I, all I said was like, thank God you went over there yesterday yeah. to go get stuff from the house because we're not living there. Yeah. So this would have just been pouring and pouring and pouring. And then, of course, would have gotten into the basement and would have been a major mess. It could have been bad. But, um, yeah. The same exact thing happened to us yesterday.
2: Yeah, you'll know. Oh, I know,
1: I know. Ugh. Oh my God, I know. I have no idea how long it was doing that. I hope it wasn't. But that long. Anyway, it probably wasn't. How funny! The same thing happened to both of us on the same exact
2: day. Yeah, yeah. So just like I usually and I didn't do it in this house, and I I'm not sure why, but I usually do all of that stuff around Halloween. Like I always have. You're so
1: good. I really, You're so good.
2: I really try. Like I always make it a point. Like around Halloween, I have my boy Jeremy. Have I have my heat guy? Oh, I love Jeremy. Go to shout out house. to Jeremy Kershaw. Jeremy Kershaw, you are a saint. I, in fact, I called him when this happened because he, his, one of his buddies, is a, is a plumber, and I was like, I I need somebody to come over here. I can't figure this out. And then we figured it out. Oh, and he was like, Do you know how many calls I'm getting where people's where people don't have heat right now? And that's why. Another reason why you need to plan ahead. Like, have your furnace, your heater checked around Halloween change your filters, you know, turn all your, your hoses, like turn the water off to the hose. like do all the little, little things, seal your windows, all that stuff. But for whatever reason I would use the hose and forgot. So I don't know. Um, but that's my PSA. That's a good one. Thank that's you. Good one. Thank you so much. Thank you guys. I really, I really tried. Did you know, according to the U S department of energy, it is best to keep your thermostat. To sixty-eight degrees for most of the day during the winter season.
0: Did you know that? I didn't know that. Mine's is usually in the sixties.
1: Yeah, mine though. is too. Nice.
0: Except when I go to bed, then it's at like sixty-four. Yep, me too. So you drop
2: 64. it. I drop it. Okay. At oh, time. Well, mm-hmm. cool. So yeah. I get. So you guys are doing it right. So the what they say is for maximum efficiency, you should also designate about eight hours per day, whether you're, you know, you're sleeping or maybe you're out of the house for work or whatever. During which you would drop that temp between, and they recommend seven to ten degrees. That's mm. a that's a hefty drop. How that? That's a hefty I, I always thought it was three to like
0: yeah, because
2: but hey, it's seven to ten. So if you do those things, this could help lower your energy bill by ten percent. Because everybody's talking about inflation, so nearly half of the U.S. households who heat primarily with natural gas, for example, because that's where how I. Heat
0: my
1: house. I don't know how
2: you guys. Yeah, sure.
1: Right? No, it's um, mostly oil. Yeah. <laughs> oh
0: Oil. Well, you're in the burbs. <laughs> with some I'm not. Castle, first of all, you know, Bill, some from yeah. I'm, not burbs, <laughs> I'm not
1: in the burbs.
0: You are I'm in the burbs, Kristen. You are in the burbs. Don't call me you're a, You're like you're like Batman, thinking he's in Gotham. You're not. You're in the friggin' burbs. You got a driveway. <laughs> okay. You got a I carriage house. The I pay city wage tax.
2: I pay city taxes. <laughs> Get the frig out of here. You're in a city. Well, Dina, come on. Because I'm Switzerland up. on that, but you know.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Takes us 40 minutes to get there. She's in the it's city. It's a big city.
1: It's yeah. the fifth largest city in the country. It's the fifth largest city in the country. It takes you that Stop long to get to facts. Northeast Philly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Stop hitting us with facts. You're in the burbs. Wow. You have trees, driveways. Your house is in the back of some long ass driveway. You're not. You're in a whole nother area, dude. It's.
1: It's Philadelphia. I'm sorry to say. Yeah,
2: it's Philadelphia.
0: <laughs> According to the maps,
2: it's still Philadelphia. The re- Are you guys done beefing? Or yeah. do I need to. <laughs> and season two, the show ended. Yeah, the showdown. <laughs> After two seasons,
1: <laughs> we're still debating whether or not Chestnut and Mount Airy are actually in Philadelphia. I know. Yeah.
2: Right? Hot topic. We'll get back to that. It's not over. But. Well, they say like, okay, so nearly half of U.S. households who heat primarily with natural gas are projected to spend 30 percent more this year, you guys, than they Mm -hmm. did last winter on average, which I found to be wild. Um, But energy prices are up 33 percent on the year. So maybe you should reevaluate. And go back what to What your oil. thermostat is set to. <laughs> yeah. And I also thought about it. I'm like, all right, well, you can learn a lot about a person by how they handle their thermostat.
1: Yeah. I Do you know what that. I'm saying?
2: I agree with that. Is it a dad where they have like a clear case with a key locking it like you're in school? Yeah. <laughs> Or or maybe
0: I don't have that, but Sheena won't Sheena will not touch the thermostat because she knows I'm like a I'm like a temperature. So you're the dad, yeah, yeah. (laughs) No no heat for you. That's you. You're the soup guy. 68. I don't know what it is. I don't tell me if you guys are like this, but I'm all about. I don't know if it's a frugal thing. Maybe it is, but I like in the in the winter. I don't even like the I don't put the thermostat on 70. It's never 70. What kind on of heat 70. you got? It's always below 70. Yes. But do you have radiant? It's always.
2: Force. No. Okay, gosh.
0: Okay. Yeah. It's always below 70. It's at 68, 69 if I'm really cold. And then before I go to bed, it's on 64, 65. Oh, wow. Sometimes 63. Sometimes I shut it off because what? I need it to be cold. Yeah, I, I do like I being need cold. I be cold at when night. I'm sleeping. Yeah.
2: Apparently I you a, sleep better yeah. when it's cold. Mm-hmm. I have like
1: this comforter that is so warm that if the heat, I know when I forget to turn the heat down because I wake up in the middle of the night sweating bullets because I'm like, mm-hmm. oh my God. So I, I'm, I'm with you, Bill, 64. When we go to bed, at 664. And then during the day, if I'm home, I mean, if we're not home, we keep it at 64. But if I'm home working from home, I'm like at 67, 68. But I do tend Damn, to get so really so that's cold. not
2: that, that's not that different. It's, it's not it's that pretty. Different. It's you're needling it. That's mm-hmm. good. We have well, with oil, oil heat, too. You got to be very, very it's strategic. So fucking expensive.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, well, we
2: have oil heat, but we
1: so we have two stories, and it's dual zoned though. So like we can basically Whoa. turn it off upstairs. So during the day it's off pretty much upstairs. It's super low, and then at night, you know, we turn off downstairs. So it's kind of like. I, I guess we manage it that way, but it's very expensive. It's very expensive. Yeah. That's, and then we have a little, because we had to bring a kitchen downstairs because we live in a barn. Um, so the mm-hmm. downstairs never had a kitchen. In the city. In the city. Right. Yeah. Right. A barn in, yeah, the, a city. Barn in yeah, the city. In the yep. City. yep. <laughs> See, it's in the city, though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it is a barn. Yeah. So
0: standalone house. But so
1: Two the, it's a carriage house, according to me. Right. So yeah. there was never a yeah, kitchen yeah. downstairs. So we, when we brought a kitchen downstairs, we had to bring in some heat. And we brought in electric heat for the kitchen. So yep. we've got electric heat kicking in the kitchen with some um, baseboard radiators. And then we have our contractor was so smart. It's the smartest thing I think I've ever done in my entire life. It was accept his suggestion. <laughs> it wasn't even my idea. Except smartest his suggestion thing of, of uh, <laughs> putting heat, electric heat under the cabinets, like in the kitchen. So when you're standing at the dishwasher, like there's heat kicking on your feet because it's it's a cold slate floor like it's a it's a barn mm-hmm. still. So it's like mm-hmm. a cold slate floor. And that room is very cold, um, has really high ceilings, like beamed ceilings. So when you're standing at the sink or the dishwasher or whatever, you're at the cabinets like you have some heat kicking at your feet. It's the best thing I've I've ever experienced I love it. ever. I love it. But um, but yes, yeah, so we have electric heat in the kitchen and then oil everywhere else.
2: You guys, our house, we, I like to keep it at 68, but that's as low as it goes. I got to be honest. It goes, it's right now it's at 73 because mayor's cold. Yeah, Yeah. we go to bed at 68. And then we have a Nest thermostat. So I have it programmed. So like it's at 68 from like 9 p.m. to, you know, 7 a.m. And then it goes to 70 and sometimes it'll go to 72 because our house is cold. It's forced heat. But see, poor
1: seat, it is It's colder. not the best.
2: Yeah. Because yeah, it blows the,
1: and you get really warm and then it shuts off and you're like, ooh, now it's cold. Whereas yeah. radiator, keep the heat. I always like radiator heat.
0: They're so toasty. If Sheena cooks with the oven on, my house is at 72. It's brutal. Like in the summertime, I tell her, like, we, we don't, I try not to pick meals where you need the oven in the summer because the house gets so damn hmm. hot. In the winter, I'm like, yeah, put something in the <laughs> oven. <laughs> I can turn the heat way down. <laughs>
2: see you can tell a lot about a person you can (laughs) from the thermostat you can on
0: the flip side on the flip side in the summer like i'll put it at 72 in the summer because i don't need it freezing either i'm like i wear a t-shirt and shorts and i don't need to be like you know what i mean i'm like so i do the opposite in the summer, I'll just I'll crank it up, so I'm like this way the, the AC's not running all See, day. Say you get that cross breeze. Like I, I know like, you're like, a cross like,
2: breeze guy. I just have the yeah. feeling yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, it's hard. Here's the thing, though. With, with with me, it's hard to have the windows open because the dogs. It's just mm-hmm. torture. They a squirrel runs by, and bloody murder. Out. So yeah. I have the windows closed like all the time. Anyway, continue, Dean.
2: In Philly, happy hour related news bill ball I'm listening a harry potter a harry potter inspired tavern called the cauldron is opening on locust <laughs> street in the neighborhood What? which bill i f- i feel like people don't know this about you but you're a huge harry potter fan no i'm only kidding i um, was gonna say <laughs> wait what <laughs> this, i really don't know this about bill
0: i don't know anything about harry potter
2: um i know plenty about harry potter i've read all the books and seen all the movies but yeah, I, I don't consider right. myself like a huge harry potter fan but whatever. So this is a British gastropub theme. Um, and there are several locations. So they're expanding to Philly. There's several in the UK and then there's one in New York, which what's interesting about this concept, you guys, is not only can you make like a standard, like dine and drink reservation, but they also offer potion making cocktail classes. So you have to like you know, book in advance for this. And they book quickly, apparently. But they offer adult potions, an adult potions experience. So you have to be, you know, love legal drinking age. And then they do like a family-friendly potions experience where you can take the kids or maybe you're sober. So everyone gets to experience this, right? So when you do that, you get a wizard robe to wear.
1: Oh, my god! And,
2: <laughs> I know, and an operable magic wand and so it's kind of techy. um it's like it it kind of has this medieval times thing like that's what i'm always like going to in my mind but it's not it's not like that at all like there's no giant like chicken wings or whatever um turkey legs or whatever you do at medieval times i don't even know but it's like if harry potter was a mix- mixologist so like the the in new york or in yeah in new york it's two floors so the first floor is like where you you know you dine and you hang out and then the second floor there's like a classroom where you try you learn how to make these um, potions which are you know drinks and then there's like things throughout the restaurant that like interact with you where you can use your wand and you could like get a drink somehow right but the coolest thing that i read about this was that the whole concept was actually created by somebody from South Jersey. What? <laughs> yes. Like, I think this, so, uh, this guy from South Jersey, like, created a Kickstarter and then went to the UK and, like, opened the first bar and now it's a franchise.
1: Wow. So, That's The Cauldron.
2: Nuts. So, uh, they, um, they're looking to open Where in the spring. Where is it located? So where's the locator? in New York or this no in Philly. This in Philly. is going to be on Locust in the Gaberhood. Um It's oh. going to be Thirteenth and Locust.
1: Yeah, that's what I. That's what in I the heart
2: thinking. of the Midtown Village. That's the neighborhood
1: which is the neighborhood, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, here is a little known. Here's a little known fact. Since you guys like to make fun of Chestnut Hill, so Chestnut Hill, <laughs> Philadelphia, by the way. <clears throat> in case you're not familiar. Um, In October, I think they did not do it last year and maybe not the year before because of COVID. They do a weekend long Harry Potter festival and it is insane. I have never read a Harry Potter book. My mom says I have to read it because she absolutely loves them. She can't believe I haven't read it. Um, I've never seen a movie, but we stumbled upon it by accident one time and like literally people come from everywhere for this like people like the hotels are booked around the city it's crazy and it's always in chestnut hill it's in october and they have like um pub crawls costume contests film showings a quidditch tournament which i'm not even Ooh. totally sure what that is um but the whole entire germantown avenue in chestnut hill turns into harry potter i mean people are in costume it's all weekend long and it's every october I, except I that's don't think awesome. they did it last year and the year before for COVID, but it's it's like like if you Google it, it's like people come from all over. People, huge, huge Harry Potter fans come to Chestnut Hill for this event.
2: Chestnut Hill, Chestnut Hill, right, Bill? Chestnut Hill, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. <laughs> well,
0: the suburbs of well, Philadelphia. I think no, that
2: that's I think that's more reason to check out the movies. Just watch the first one. What I like to do is i feel like it's a it's a I, th-
0: I think i'm too old for that
2: i feel like it too my mom says no my mom's like
1: you that's crazy
0: oh i can't do it I, it's like it's like some little kids in school a little little kids in in which school like come on man i can't watch that
2: which school i mean the movies are really well made you guys bill what's gonna happen is your kids gonna want to watch that movie eventually and you're gonna be like hell yeah
0: well, that's fine. Listen, I watch a lot of little kids' show because it's on TV for my son, but I'm not going to during my free time. I think I think you got to be under 40, right, Dean? Wouldn't you say, like, all joking aside, there's nobody over 40 watching Harry Potter, are yeah, there? Yeah,
1: there are. There are. I'm telling you, my mom is obsessed. And Ooh, she was and like, I cannot believe you've never watched the Harry Potter or read the books. And I was like, mm people die right there's drama right. there's action see bill sheena was like obsessed with game of thrones so i feel like it's a it's a milder version of that it's that vibe
2: I which just, i don't like never any of that happen.
0: i appreciate the information but it's never gonna happen
2: bill you had something you wanted to shout out do you want to do it
0: uh, yes yeah, so i've been looking at the first of all i want to say thank you to everybody who's been downloaded the show in 2021 and Going into 2022, I want to do a giveaway. I It's crazy how many people are downloading this show from outside the country, which blows my mind. So I'm looking at the map of who's listening, and there's some there's people listening in Belgium. That's crazy. And, and that just blows my Ew. mind. It's like, what is going on? So anyway, if you're listening from Belgium, please email wow. the show, and we'll send you some swag. I'm We have... Like great long sleeve tees. Um I was just at the office for a settlement last week. I saw the new boxes. I started grabbing stuff and I wanna I wanna mail out I'm
1: wearing one right some now.
0: swag, some t shirts. So if you're listening to the show from Belgium, please email the show and let me send you a t shirt. It is hit us up at home collective h at gmail. Home Collective HH at Gmail. Hit us up and I will send you, mail you a t-shirt. It's probably going to cost me 50 bucks to, to mail this thing. But it's worth it. I got to know who's out there in Belgium listening to this show. How does that even happen? <laughs> Matter of fact, in the email, yeah. tell me how the hell that happened. I don't even know how that happened. Yeah. I'm so blown away.
1: I'm so curious. But uh, We do know we have a, a fan in Ireland. Yes, so.
0: I see Ireland. We know that's mm-hmm. Chloe.
1: Chloe. And across the country, yeah. too.
0: It's crazy. I mean, we have people in all different states because, I mean, we, you know, we're obviously Philly based, but I see Ohio, Iowa, Wichita, Kansas. Whoa. I mean, what is
2: where are these people? What? I don't understand. What? It's crazy. Do they get tornadoes in Wichita? If so, I want to hear some tornado <laughs> <laughs>
0: stories. Email us. Email, email us if us. you're from outside Tell the us. area. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us you're listening to the show and maybe I'll be able to send you a t-shirt, too. But I thought it would be fun. But um, we're going to start doing the show more. We fell off a little bit with the holiday. We talked about that earlier. And
1: the COVID. The cocoa. the
0: COVIDs. (laughs) But uh, we're going to hit it back. We appreciate everybody sticking with us. Uh, You can hit us up on Instagram at...
2: Home Collective Happy Hour. Home Collective Happy Hour. At Home Collective Happy Hour.
0: (laughs) We should know this by now. We really should know this by now. (laughs) <laughs> All right, ladies, let's get out of here. Have a good weekend. All
2: right. You too. Bye.
0: Bye. The shocker.
2: Yeah, the sh- not the yeah. shocker, Bill. Oh, okay.
0: Wow. Oh, wow. Sorry. I was not even five minutes in, <laughs> and we really
2: went there. Uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> No, that's the chocolate banana. She threw up the shocker. That is. (laughs) That's it.
1: That's it, right?